You're a wizard, Harry. Potter Book Club for the Prisoner of Azkaban with Sarah Tompkins, Vijaya Shrestha, and I'm Michael DeMauro. This week we discuss Chapter 21, Hermione's Secret. We talk all about time travel, and the Quizzage Cup is slowly limping to its finish. Welcome back to the uh, 21st week of Quizzish Cup. Oh, are you are you depressed, Michael? Are you depressed that you're no one so wanted, sad right now? No one wanted this to happen. Right no one wanted this to happen. This isn't, this isn't helping you. anyone. No one no one gains God. anything God, from this. this. Let's, just, so bad. let's just get on with it. Let's just get on with it. <laughs> I feel like this is uh, like the worst because we've all been so on this season that it's just... God damn, it's the worst. It has been. Uh, it has been our, it. We've gotten the most right, that's for sure. Sarah, why don't you read a question? Put us out of our goddamn misery. I'm gonna shoot us all in the face right now. All right. Okay, are we ready? I'm ready. Mm-hmm. What is on the hat that Neville's Bogart of Snape wears? Bajaya. A vulture. He's a vulture. A chef vulture. Yeah. It is a vulture. Good job. I definitely didn't know that, Vajaya. That was good. Good job. Good job, Vajaya. Good job. Get that one point so I can still lose. Vajaya, double digits. Michael, don't you sass me. I love you so much. Stop yelling at me. Um, It's my turn. I've got one normal question left, and then I have hard ones. What? Then you have hard ones? Yeah. Yep, we can find out what my hard ones were next week. Uh, That's what she said. Go. <laughs> what is the name of the spell that was cast to protect the Potters from Voldemort? We both know what it's called. Oh, what? we both know what it's called. Hold on a second. Fidelis. I, Fidelis. Oh, shoot. I, is somebody brain, buzzing in? But no, my brain is playing. <laughs> Fidelius Charmus. Fidelius. Fide- oh, God. I mean, Bajaya, you're like... If you no, took but it's the Fidelius, it's that's like, my that's my Fidelius oh, Charmus. It, it is it the Fidelius Charm. What? Oh, it is the Fidelius it. Charm. That oh, is totally okay. Because I, like, I was like, I think it Fidelius. I couldn't remember what the, the second part is. Like, I think it Felicity's more the, the like the Felicity's Charm. But no, okay. Oh, I was, I was. Bajaya, really, you got it. You got it, Bajaya. I was buzzing in on Jest. Yeah, well. Huh. Sometimes, uh, it, sometimes things just go your way. I was thinking Felix Felicius, and then, but I was trying to merge that with the. Uh, okay. Continue. It was great. Bajaya, it's okay. your turn. Yeah. Bajaya, it's your turn. So, um, hold on. In the movie, what's hanging in the middle of the uh, night bus? Ding, ding, ding. Uh, oh. Ah, fuck. In the middle I of the thought. night bus, like the very middle. Yeah. The chandelier. Yeah. I oh, I was going to say the trunk and head. No, that's the front of the bus, dog. That's the front. 
I am. That's the front, darling. I am giving you both the double British fingers right now, but also the American middle fingers. Whichever one is more effective. <laughs> they both hurt my feelings. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Chapter 21, Hermione's Secret. Okay, so they're all in the hospital wing because everything has gone down. And Snape, uh, Harry wakes up to Snape talking to the Prime Minister. Um, or, the, excuse me, the Prime Minister. The Minister of Magic. Um, oh, who I Minister. guess is the Prime Minister of Wizards. So he's talking to Fudge. And he's like, oh, I saved them when they were confounded. And and uh, Black confounded them with his charm and they attacked me. And... And I was very heroic, and Fudge is like, oh, I'll try and get you Order of Merlin first class. And, you know, Harry can't believe this bullshit. Uh, but he stays asleep, or, you know, pretends to be asleep, until finally, you know, Madame Pomfrey comes in. He wakes up, um, and he's like, I, I like. What's that? I like to think that he's going. Actually, he does the. And, and, and Ron next to him does it. Actually, Ron's kind of out of it. He actually wakes up and he's like, how's Ron? And Pomfrey's like, ah, he'll live. In like the least nurturing no way. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so he wakes up. Uh, he sees Madame Pomfrey. He's like, I need to see Dumbledore right now. And she's like, what? <laughs> and he's Calm like, there's guns. a lot of... There is a lot of all caps in this chapter, just just to say. <laughs> it's kind of like a precursor to the fifth book, which is, I think, just entirely Harry talking in all caps lock. Um, but anyway. Nobody understands me. <laughs> the eggs, the eggs. Everything is terrible. Um, so he's like, I need to see Dumbledore now. And Madame Pomfrey is like, oh, no, no, no. Calm down. He's like, but I have to talk to him about Black. And she's like, oh, don't worry about Black, dear. He's about to get kissed. Um, so... Apparently, Ooh, his first. He's kiss. gonna get a. Oh, give me one last kiss. Not if I like this. So he's about to get kissed by Dementor, <laughs> which is not good. Um, and Harry's freaking out because he's like, he's innocent. He's innocent. And Fudge, you know, hears this and uh, turns to Madame Pomfrey and you know, has he had his chocolate? You know, which again doesn't seem. I mean, I guess it's happy. It's like it makes you happy against Dementors, but it seems like they could have you know, I don't know some. Real like antibiotics or something. So he probably chocolate is that. magic, Sarah. Okay, you're right. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, God, if there's anything I learned from this book, it's chocolate is magic. Um, Which from I a man named with, Fudge. Um, anyway, so he's like, "You have the wrong guy," and they don't believe him. And even Hermione at this point walks up and she's like, "No, no, no, it's true. It, Peter Pettigrew is alive. He hid this. He hid as a rat for all these years." And they're like, "Calm this down." Is- Calm down. All too far fetched. I mean, kids, it's so far fetched. Um, and so during all of this, uh, Dumbledore comes back in and he's like, "I need to talk to Harry and Hermione in private." And Snape is like, "They're confused. They don't know what they're talking about." And he's like, "Don't worry, I got it." And he's like, "We can't treat Harry special because he's Harry Potter, and 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 you can't really believe Watch him me. because Said you Dumbledore. know that the Black was capable of murder at the age of sixteen. Have you forgotten?" And Dumbledore is like, "No, nah, man, I got a memory of an elephant." Um, and so he makes him leave, and he goes to talk to, to Harry and Hermione, and, you know, they basically say he's, re- they're trying to explain this whole situation about Black and how he didn't really do it, and they're freaking out and talking over each other, and he's like, calm down, calm down. I believe you. The problem is, is that no one else is going to believe you, because you are two 13-year-olds. Um, and no one ever believes a 13-year-old. Sure. Um, he's like, and also, you know, 
it's black and and we don't have Pettigrew. We we have we have no person to bring forward. And they're like, well, Lupin could do it. And like, well, first of all, Lupin is still out in the woods running around naked somewhere. Um, <laughs> and second of all, society hates Ew. werewolves, so they ain't gonna That's trust true. him uh, because he's a, a dirty, unreliable werewolf. Um, and so, so they're really, really sad. Yeah. And like, well, I don't even know what to do. And Dumbledore's like, it's a shame we don't have more time. And Harry's like, yeah, it really is horrible. You don't need to rub it in. And Dumbledore's like, more time. Uh, and finally, Hermione's like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was, um, he, was he winking? He was at the winking. Same time, time wink. He was winking and like he was doing like a shoulder nudge, like uh, quotations. Uh, uh, quotations. He was like, Doing this weird like nod thing, um, <laughs> like at her mime. Um, he started. He started miming some sort of weird hourglass shape. Did like a little <laughs> turn dance. Um, but anyway, so Hermione's like, oh, oh yeah, and he's like, you know, time. if if we had more time, we could save more than one innocent life tonight. Um, and Hermione's like, oh, totally got it, got it, got it. And he's like, three turns should do it. Uh, and he walks out. And Harry's like, what, what does that mean? What the fudge just happened? Um, and she's like, oh, don't worry about this. I got this. And she pulls out this long um, necklace. It's a long, golden, thin chain. And at the end of it, there seems to be an hourglass of some kind. And this is not the time to show off your jewelry, Hermione. Uh, but it's Gosh. beautiful. Maybe maybe Dementors like shiny things, or maybe she could trade black for it. I don't know. Anyway. Maybe. Um, mm. So anyway, she throws the Doubt chain it. around Harry's neck and her neck. So that was a really long chain, or they're really close together. I don't know which. In the movie, it's extremely long. Right, but that means like it's hanging down around yeah. your navel, which seems like a bad idea to me. I don't know. Um, but whatever. Um, so anyway, so... She's like, he's like, what is this? And she's like, just trust me, just trust me. So she turns this thing three times. He feels this weird sensation. Um, and finally, you know, he, uh, the ground feels like it's gone beneath his feet. And then suddenly he feels solid again. And she, Hermione turns to Harry and tells him that they've gone back in time. What? Yes. Is that possible? Three hours to be specific. And it, boy ever is it possible. Hermione has been doing this all year. You what? are kidding me. That is how she's been getting to all of those classes. It seems irresponsible. What a nerd. What a nerd. Like, that. if I had a time turner. What a nerd. Like, I don't know. I just go back and binge, like, a bunch of shows on Netflix I'd never have the time for. Like, oh, two hours. Got two more episodes in. But she's more I would just spend so much time sleeping. Yeah. I oh, my just... God. You could sleep so much. I would just Instead keep, of hitting yeah. the snooze button, just turn it back two hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. That's great. Um, so anyway, they have gone back in time, apparently. She's like, this is how I've been getting to all my classes. I've been doubling up. It, You know, it, hurry, hurry, I hear someone coming. She pulls him into a closet. This is not some ploy to make out with him. Which she yeah, could have been doing with more heaven. people if seven minutes in heaven. Well... That'd be hard to get seven minutes. If it's like an hour full for, for a full turn, you'd have to be like, like just a tiny fraction on the time turn. Anyway, um, so they get pulled. She pulls them into a closet. They hear people coming. It's actually them from the past. They That's are in the closet weird. and they are outside. Yeah, time travel, man. It's messed up. So she tells, she explains to him about how it works. And she says, you know, well, not exactly how it works. Just that you can go back in time when you turn it, which is evident in the name, I guess. Um and apparently McGonagall got it for her when she wanted to take all these classes. 
paying no attention apparently to what taking that many courses would do to a child's mental health. Like maybe she needs to chill on the classes. Regardless, McGonagall had to write all of these notes, like appealing to the Ministry of Magic, saying that she was a model student, that she was never going to use it for bad, like she's only ever going to use it to go back in classes. And, you know, she's not going to go back on her own timeline and all this stuff. Um, you can't, like, see, you can't go and see your, interact with your past self. And there's all sorts of rules. Um, so she tells us to Harry, she goes, I, you know, I totally picked up what Dumbledore is putting down, but I don't <laughs> know what he wants us to do. Like, we can't went back in time, but I don't know how we're going to save Black any more than we could before. And so, you know, they're trying to, trying to talk it out. And, um... And then all of a sudden, Harry realizes that he said they could save more than one innocent life tonight. Huh. Who's the other one? What could they mean? Who else perished or didn't perish this night? Mr. Buckbeak. Peter Pettigrew? No, Buckbeak. Buckbeak. Got it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. So, yeah. And actually, I was actually thinking about this, too, which is like a side. Well, I'll get to it later. Anyway. Um. So anyway, so they have to go save Buckbeak, and then Sirius can totally ride Buckbeak out of Dodge. Whoa. Yeah, it's like, it's a very far-fetched plan. That'd be crazy. But it's pretty cool, and I can't believe that Harry actually thought of that, because he can't think of the simplest things, but apparently that's fine. (laughs) He put two and two together, yay. Yay. So anyway, so Hermione's like, we went to Hagrid's hut, so we need to go and get Buckbeak down there, but we can't see each other like we can't see ourselves and people can't see us separately because if they see us and they've already seen us going down there they're gonna get confused things are gonna go really bad it's a lot of rules apparently bad things happen to wizards who try and go back and like interact with themselves because like they think it's dark magic and they end up accidentally killing their past or their future selves which probably really messes up your life um so suicide i don't know I don't know if, if your Ooh. past self is different from your current self. Anyway, oh, that'd be really sad. Okay, anyway, so they go down um, through, like, the greenhouses to try and avoid it. Um, and they see themselves going to Hagrid's hut. They can hear him break the jar. And Hermione's like, that's when we're going to hear scabbers. And then they hear sh- a commotion. They found scabbers. All this stuff. Um, then they hear, you know, the executioner, McNair, and Fudge come to talk to Dumbledore. Or with Dumbledore to talk to Hagrid. And they realize, you know, that they that they are they themselves, their past selves, are sneaking away under under the sh- the cover of the invisibility cloak. And so they have a very short amount of time. They have to make sure that the that McNair and Fudge see Buckbeak outside because if they take Buckbeak away before they see him, they're going to think that Hagrid set him free, which is going to be really bad. So they have oh, to yeah, see he's gonna him. Be, he's going to be sent to Azkaban again. Exactly. Probably. Oh, dear. Unjust, but yes. So anyway, so they have to be seen, but they have to get him away before they come out to kill him. So they have like maybe 60 seconds. So that is crazy. It's very crazy. So they wait for the right moment. Dumbledore is kind of stalling. It's kind of like he's really trying to help them out, which is great Wait, because Dumbledore is kind of stalling, like Joseph Stalin. Yeah, he wants to. He wants to. He wants to decentralize Hogwarts. He wants to <laughs> to to export things to all corners uh, of the castle. Um, very funny. Yeah. Continue. He, facial hair. They have facial hair game. I guess you know whatever. It's true. Um, so he's kind of stalling for them, um, or it would seem so. And at this point, they've seen Buckbeak, so Harry's like, this is where I gotta go. He jumps the fence. Buckbeak, let's go. Buckbeak's like, uh-uh, 
I want to stay here. I like it here. This is my home. Um, so Harry's trying to pull him. Hermione starts freaking out because they have no time. So Hermione jumps over and they're both trying to pull him until and eventually they hear like the door slam open. And, like we have to get out of here. So they finally get Buckbeak out. They're in the woods. They're walking around and they're like, okay, now we have to go. Um, you know, well, as they're walking away, by the way, they hear the thud of an axe oh. hitting the ground. Oh, Not unlike yeah. they heard earlier, but oh this gosh. time it's McNair and he's mad because his hippogriff is gone and they're like, where was it? I just saw it a second ago. And Hagrid's like, oh, Buck, Bucky, you escaped. Beaky, Bucky, I don't know what he calls him, whatever. He's like, you escaped, you Beaky. escaped. And, um... And so he, you know, he escapes, which is great. And everyone's like, Dumbledore's like, oh, how mysterious. Um, and actually I was thinking about it because at first I was thinking, I, I said a lot of weird thoughts when after our Buckbeak conversation about how he was sentenced to death. And I was like, it's really kind of horrible, like the guillotine effect there, like chopping someone's head off. You know, like they couldn't just, you know, like euthanize them, like a shot or something. And then I was like, you wouldn't be able to hear it. And that would be a very undramatic thing in the book. So mm-hmm. plot point, they have horrible it's executions. A, it's also pretty cruel that they would make Hagrid watch his execution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. I don't know if they made Didn't he just want to be there with uh Maybe. I'm pretty sure they would beak. probably make him watch it. You watch like, it. Don't. <laughs> McNair's like, don't, don't turn be, away. Don't you don't dare close your eyes. Don't be friends with monsters. It's, it'll be like Ned Stark making Bran watch the execution. Oh, that's horrible. Game of Thrones trivia for you guys. Um, For you guys. Anyway, so they... Oh, so after... So they, they hear the thing. They are in the woods. They're getting away. And they realize that where they're going next is they're going to be near the Whomping Willow. And they're going to yeah. be... Yes, because Ron is running after Scabbers. He's going to oh, get dragged. Yeah. yeah. He's going to get dragged, not metaphorically, physically, by uh, Sirius Black in his dog form into the hole underneath the Whomping Willow. Mm-hmm. So they see this happen, and, and uh, not Ron, Harry's like, oh, man, that is that looks real rough. That is way worse than I remember that being, because, you know, like, he's being dragged by his arm and um, has broken many bones or something. So he sees all of them go under. Couple minutes later, he sees they see Lupin come up to the tree, and he takes a stick and he pokes the knot and he goes under. Um, and then Harry notices that the invisibility cloak is right on the ground between him and the tree, and he's like, "We have to! I want to grab it." And Hermione's like, "Don't you dare! You can't grab it like that. We'll change things. We can't mess with our timelines. Somebody could see you." And Harry's like, "I'm gonna grab it!" And she's like, "Don't you dare!" And then all of a sudden, Snape is there. Snape grabs it. Harry's like, get your damn dirty hands off of it. Um, <laughs> and Hermione's like, see, he could have seen us, and then it would have been bad. So then she sees Snape, like, take the same stick, poke the poke the knot, go under. They wait, like, an hour, because apparently they were in there for a really long time. And then all of a sudden, um, they all emerge, and, you know, it's everybody's like... a long like, hour. What yeah. do they do for an hour? Right? And and so she, he's like, Hermione, we have to move. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, we're all going away. We're scattering, you know. We're being, you, you know, whatever. We can't run into our past selves. He's like, no. Lupin is going to transform in just a second because they can see the cloud shifting. He's like, and he's going to run straight for us. So they see Lupin change, and she's like, oh, shoot. And so they're running, and they're trying to get away. Um, and he's like, where are we going to go? And she's like, we have to go to Hagrid's cabin because it's empty now. So they run back to Hagrid's cabin. Buckbeak is super down with this plan because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm back in my pad. And so he gets all cozy. And Hermione's like, you know what, Harry? You know what I can't figure out still? How 
all of those Dementors got scared away. I don't, I don't get it. And Harry's like, well, I have this theory. It's super weird. Bear with me. And I'm like, dude, you just time traveled and you think your theory is super weird. Um, so his theory is he's like, oh, but it can't be. It can't be. And she's like, well, he's like, no, surely not. What is it? Um, he thinks that his dad conjured a perfect Patronus. That's but his stupid. Dad is dead. Right? But as he was going under, he saw a bright silver light and he saw somebody super familiar. And Hermione's like, dead. She's, Sir, Hermione even says, she's like, your dad is super dead. And he's like, <laughs> I know, but I've seen so many pictures of him and he looked just like, it just looked, looked like him. Um, good thing he couldn't and see his eyes. But it had Lily's eyes. <laughs> we all have the same face. <laughs> he had eyes. eyes. Um, and so she's like, okay. And he's like, I have to go out there and and I, just, I have to go make sure that everything is going okay. And she's like, no, no, no. He's like, I won't change anything. I just need to, we won't know when to leave the hut if nobody's out there to see when, when we get brought back up to the, to the castle. And she's like, okay, that's a fair point. So he goes out there and he sees him and Sirius, like all of them, he sees them being attacked by the Dementors. And he's like, God damn, Dad, like, not the time to be late. Where are Come you, Dad? On. And he's, like, tapping his foot. And he's, like, he sees his own weak-ass attempts at, a, at at trying to summon a Patronus, like, little, like, silver Like, I'm about spurts. to die, Dad. Come yeah, on. He's like, God damn. Put your drink down and come over here. And the cats and the cradle and the silver. No. And so, anyway, oh, he, <laughs> he decides at this point. It's a very musical episode today. Um, He's, like, he realizes suddenly that it wasn't his dad he was seeing this whole time. He was seeing himself. He was his dad this whole time? Harry Potter what? is his own father. Time travel ah. secrets revealed. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. Um, no, it was just him. So he's like, expecto patronum. And he conjures up this big, beautiful silver blob. It's actually perfectly formed, whatever it is, but he still can't tell. He's like, I think it's a horse. Maybe it's a unicorn. Corporeal. Yeah. And yeah. so he's like, uh, it could be a horse, could be a unicorn. I don't I don't know. Uh, so it he watches it. It could be a dragon. It. it could be a dragon. It could be a Shetland sheepdog. A Who knows? really big dog. Yeah. Um, could be a person crawling on all fours, which is really creepy. Um, oh, an extremely skinny elephant. Do that? A very skinny elephant. Um, a very short neck giraffe. I don't know. Anyway, so he watches it, um, and it and it's all the Dementors go away. It's like super powerful, and then it loops, it circles back around to kind of give a victory lap to be like, look at what I done, bitches, and it comes up to him, and it kind of like paws at the ground and bows to him, and he realizes Ooh. that it is not a horse, but it is a stag, and he says, <gasps> prongs. A.K.A. his father. Not, Man, not Harry's on his game this chapter. Right? Not prawns, which is which is <laughs> shrimp, because that'd be weird. Um, but, yeah, he's, like, he's super, he's super on top of it right now, like, more so than normal. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the benefit of having three extra hours of wisdom. Who knows? Um, so after this happens, they see, he sees um, Snape put them all on magical stretchers. Uh, Ron's already on a magical stretcher. And he sees them being, you know, bringing them back up to the to the castle to to be taken, um, to be taken care of. And then they realize that, you know, they have a very small amount of time um, to get back to get Buckbeak up to where Sirius Black is staying. And as like a little side note that I forgot to include before, Dumbledore 
casually mentioned that he's like in on the 13th floor or whatever. I had forgot what floor in whatever room, the second window over and, you know, very specific, you know, instructions, battleship style about where he's about where he's staying right now. <laughs> um, and so they realize that they have to fly Buckbeak to get up there because they're not they don't have a broomstick. So um, Harry and Hermione get on Buckbeak's back. They fly him. They find the room. They tap on the window. Sirius Black is like, what the heck? Um, he's very surprised. Opens the door. Harry's like, get on. Hurry up. Get on. And thank God Black apparently is like super thin right now so he can climb through these tiny little windows. Um, climbs up. Climbs on Buckbeak. They get to the top of the tower and they're like, you have to take the, you have to take the, 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 the flying, uh, horse beast and you have to. Hippogriff. Have to it's run. a hippogriff. <laughs> <laughs> horse beast <laughs> and you have to run and um and so they they're like you gotta go you gotta go and he's like harry i have so much to say to you and harry's like not I the goddamn him. time um so they put him on it and he's like you're so much like your father and he kicks Buckbeak, uh jockey style and they fly up into the air and away and they are gone I have a question chapter. whenever you're ready for questions. I am ready for questions. That was the end of that chapter. Do you have any, like, new stuff or Pottermore stuff or blah, blah, blah? No, there's nothing. Oh, Time Turner. Ask your time, Turner. time Turner is new, but I think that, I think that, um, I think that we're going to talk about that um, in a yeah. couple minutes. So, um, uh, my question was that, Turner. yeah, so my question was that, uh, so if Buckbeak obviously bowed to Harry and Hermione, so, like, as long as they're writing him, is is that okay for him them to just be like, yeah, friend, come on on board this hippogriff that yeah. is totally cool with us? Is it also cool with Sirius? I think. Or does yeah. he have to do his own ceremony of bowing and being accepted? He doesn't in the book. Um, maybe it's just like he doesn't maybe it's just do like, it in the movie maybe it's either. like maybe it's like employee reference or something. They're like, <laughs> this guy's totally good. This guy's great. Or maybe he like senses a kindred animal spirit in in Sirius. Um, and uh, are hip- hippogriff like super like way stronger than horses because they seem like. This uh, about the same size as horses, just with a eagle head and wings. I feel like, like I wouldn't be comfortable with having two teenagers and one adult. Well, I guess Sirius is kind of emaciated. He's a little, but bit still, amazing. you know, three people, right? But also, like, I, if if their bones aren't hollow like a bird's, um, like it's lifting a horse into the air with its wings. So those wings gotta be That's pretty true. strong. So unless he has hollow bones. Which maybe, uh, but then I don't think he could hold as many people. Um, and he might I, be fair. I have an idea What's of idea? what what I might. Do. I will punch you in if your you face. Say, if, if you say magic, magic. It's magic. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I hate you so much, uh, Michael. Why you do this every you. time? Uh, Go away. Uh, Michael oh just lives to tell us that something we are we are <laughs> talking about is because of magic. <laughs> I'm gonna murder you with the magic. <laughs> no. She's but gonna I'll come back to life because of my property. <laughs> magic. <laughs> you mean magic? 
Oh my god. Um, uh, any other questions? Uh, what? Well, one of my questions was like, was going to be about why don't they? Why do they chop off the animal's head and not just like you know kindly euthanize it? But then I realized as I was reading it also that it was because they needed that dramatic thwap. Um, yeah. No, I don't really have any. I don't really have any questions per se. Um, I don't know. I mean. Oh, I, there is the question, and I know we we're going to be discussing time travel a little bit. I think, but Harry says to Hermione that he knew he realized that the person who had conjured the Patronus. After a while, he realized it wasn't his father; it was him. And because of that, he was able to produce a perfect Patronus because he'd already seen himself producing a perfect Patronus. Now, I have uh, I have to similar me, questions. To me, that is like I, I mean I go with a lot of time travel stuff. Trust me, but like to me, there's <laughs> to me there's a that is like a big paradox. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess that that's one of the it's like, a, eternal time travel questions. But that one seems paradoxical in a different way to me. Well, so I think that, yeah, that sounds the, like some. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, that sounds definitely like the meat of our time travel discussion is yeah. going to mm-hmm. get into that. Yeah. So yeah. That, was, so that, was I, my, that was my big like question mark. Shortly, we're going to talk about, did the chicken come first or the egg? That was Actually, That's my question in time okay. travel. Hmm. Because it's linear. <laughs> Thank oh, you, Sarah. That was, a, that was a great chapter. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. You're welcome, guys. I'm going to get them hippogriff and fly away. <laughs> Bye! Hey guys, you remember the last chapter, the chapter just that just Sarah just covered? We like just now? About, yeah, just now. Uh, uh, we talked about time turners like for the first ago. time. I do remember talking about time turners for the first time. Okay, well, do you want to hear more about it? I, Yay, said everyone. I was thinking about turning my time turner back a minute so I could just listen to us talk about the chapter again. <laughs> just a minute. So, muggles think that time travel is possible whenever because they're dumb, but really time travel is only possible in a limited sense, even in the magical world. What? Um, According to who? Explain. Um, the people that have devoted their life in studying time magic in the Department of Ministries, such as Professor Saul Croker. Uh, so Department of Ministries? Mysteries. Mysteries. Uh, so the Department love, of Mysteries. I would, love, I would love the ministry, the the Ministry of Magic's <laughs> Department of Ministries, and it's literally just a department about the departments because they oh, can't no. keep them all apart. Okay, sorry. More red tape, am I right? So investigations have been on. <laughs> investigations have been ongoing in the Department of Mysteries, but it appears that magic can only take you so far in time travel. So, Professor Saul Croker, he's the one that has de- devoted his own whole entire career studying time magic. He says mm. that the longest period that may be re- relived without possible of serious harm to the traveler or time itself is around five hours. Mm. Dun, dun, huh. dun. Why? Yeah. That's it? Can, can, is there a reason why they chose five hours? Yes. Well, not like five hours in itself, but it's. they said that uh, they've only been able to encase single-hour reversal charms uh, in small enchanted hourglasses and attempts to go back farther, further than a few hours have resulted in catastrophic harm to the person that tries to do it. 
And but why that had happened was not realized for many years because um, there was this one incident in 1899 uh, which made them stop doing uh, stopped experiments. Uh, so Eloise hmm. Mintumble became trapped for five days in the year 1402. This happened in 1899. So she was in 1899 and she was trapped in 1402 for five days. And then when they finally could get her back, her body had aged five centuries oh, no. and was Whoa. irreparably damaged. It got dark. Is she alive? Fast. Huh? Was she she was dead or, or she what? was alive when they got her back, but she died it's shortly like, after Saint Mungo's. It's like that. It's like that scene in, oh in like the Last Crusade, and she just is like withers away, like oh. Or Voldemort in the in the in the movie. That's uh, true. <laughs> uh, so her five day stay in the distant past also like not only it did it like make her body just go crazy it also um, caused a great disturbance to the life paths um, of all those she met changing the courses of their lives so dramatically that no fewer than 25 of the descendants vanished in the present having been unborn (gasps) that's crazy that's and then i know and time because you remember earlier they said that like the witch or wizard that tries to time travel beyond a couple of hours um gets harmed themselves and then time itself is harmed so time had been disturbed so greatly because of a break in its laws that tuesday following her return lasted for two and a half days while thursday was only four hours long so Hmm. the ministry had to work like super hard to cover all this up and since then there has been uh, real stringent laws and penalties around studying time travel um, and Tom Turner's is governed by hundreds of laws, and anytime someone uh, tries is permitted to use it, they uh, the ministry seeks strictest of guarantees. Um, it is only used to solve the most trivial problems. Unlike like people would think that ministry is using time travel to Go solve like the great Hitler, troubles of the old kill Hitler yeah, yeah. yeah 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 uh, so they only use it to solve um, like time management problems and never for greater or more important purposes I like mm. this quote because just as the human mind cannot comprehend time so it cannot comprehend the damage that will ensue if we presume to tamper with its laws. Oh boy. So J.K. Rowling herself said that she was too lighthearted um, in the subject of time travel and Prisoner of Azkaban because she was like, well, if people can just go back in time and undo problems, then what could her future plots be? People could just go back and get rid of, like, bad wizards, whatever. Right. So she solved it by having Dumbledore... Well, I wouldn't say solve it. Solved it. She kind of, quote-unquote, solved it by having Dumbledore and Hermione stressed about the dangers of time travel um, and then having Hermione give hers back and then the rest of it, the time turners being smashed in book five. And then she also said in writing fantasy, um, you have to be careful about inventions because for every benefit, there is always a drawback. Mm. And that is Time Turner. Also, mm. that the more, this is, this is like, not uh, my, ret, I was going to say retconning my own opinions, but like, I remember we had talked about Cursed Child and I have, I feel very, I feel a lot more negatively than I have in the past about it. But like, yeah. that completely like is not, 
in line with anything that happens in that book, which makes me feel like it's even more outside of the actual canon of the of the Harry Potter world. Because yeah, I mean, like like otherwise like that like that that completely like that's that whole play is them like going back years and years, not five hours. So I just yeah. feel like that's kind of messed up, and there's not really any. They don't age when they come back to the present. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but I guess the point is that how many years did they go back? Like he went to Godric's Hollow, thirty. Yeah, when Harry was little, and maybe it also depends on like how long they stay in back in time because that lady was stuck in. It was only like a couple days for her. I don't know. (laughs) It was five days. I mean, I think her child is just not canonical. I mean, I just feel like it's not. I like I like these rules yeah. of the time turner better here. Yeah. So you want to talk time, about time travel? Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say at the time I liked it a lot better than after after some time has gone by. I like oh, it a lot less. Me too. I feel the same way. Well, it's interesting because as you as you were talking, and you know, you always like to tease me about how I say Tom's not linear. Um, and tease you? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but, but no, but like, well, so so basically like. The multiverse theory and like the parallel universe, like string theory, essentially, is that is that our universe exists in in tandem with all of these infinite universes. Essentially, that every action you have like spawns not not a different universe, but like something that ex- coexists all at once. Um, yeah, and it's kind of it's like a crazy cool theory. Like basically, like if I you know. I, I don't know, I could, like, trip and fall right now or something if I got up, and I wouldn't do that in another one, and it's all happening simultaneously, um, which I think is an actual reality, very interesting. But then I was thinking, so I I think that, you know, I'm not saying that's exactly what is what's true, but I was thinking about the time is linear aspect, and I actually was thinking about it because I was coincidentally, I don't know if it's coincidentally, but... Um, the TV show Timeless hosted the like creators and actors hosted this panel at the Smithsonian that I went to like a week or two ago. Nerd, um, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> um, but basically, somebody asked about their storytelling and whether there were like parallel universes or multiple universes, and if that's something they'd ever consider in the TV show. And the one of the writers said. Um, one of the creators said that one of the facts that, like, one of the very few rules that they established for time travel in the show was that time was always going to be linear because without a linear timeline, there are almost no consequences to actions. Like, there's no... Yeah. There's no... Uh, you get To any storyline. So, like, because if you did an action, like, who's to say that, you know, you wouldn't come back? Well, who's to say that, that, that it would actually... St- be true or like that it wasn't spawn another universe basically you have to have weight like you have to know that something you do in the past could potentially directly and immediately affect you in the in in your future um and so yeah as as a storytelling device and like i've thought about that before but it never really occurred to me that like that's what it is is that without the linear timeline like this where like you can't interfere because well you know hermione's like you could try and kill yourself but like at the same time, if Harry if you did that, up, that would just create another universe, right? And and if Harry had picked up the 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 invisibility cloak or um, Peter, 
or Peter, or yeah, I picked Peter because he tried actually. I, I like didn't mention it, but he he says like we have to. We're just gonna let Pettigrew get away. And Hermione's like, are you gonna find a rat outside in the middle of the night? Which is a valid point. But also like if he had picked up Peter and killed him then, like what kind of like what would have happened then? Yeah, it wouldn't and, make know. sense. So yeah, so like every action telling. has a direct and almost immediate consequence. Yeah. Um, so oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna go rambling on about <laughs> time travel. Um, so if you've got a quick thing, you well, should go. no, I was just gonna talk about the chicken and egg thing about time travel. Okay. And special I'll do my thing and then you do your thing. Okay. I feel like there's a lot of different time travel things that, you know, you can do. There's a lot of different flavors of time travel that we see in various books and movies and, and such. Um, would you guys agree that? This the time the the way they do time travel in in this book, nothing at all actually changed. Like they didn't change the past. Well, there's remember we talked about this in the chapter where they think Buckby gets executed because right. it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a Schrodinger's hippogriff because like you never <laughs> see no you never <laughs> you never see Buckby actually die, but you also don't see him die. So. Like, I realized that, you know, like, the whole thing is, like, it's at that moment he's both alive and dead, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you, they could have changed it. We don't actually know. Like, cause we, we don't never, actually because know. Because we yeah. never heard, we never heard Dumbledore say, you know, nobody came in, Hagrid didn't come running in and be like, Buckbeak's not dead. Like, or nobody came in and said, Buckbeak is dead. Like, we don't actually right. know what happened. It seems like nothing actually changed. Right. Um, But we don't know that. We don't know for sure, but I feel like it is written in a way that makes it so that, I mean, it's definitely, everything's there so that nothing had to change. Right. Like, no time wasn't affected in any so way. So, is that, like, is that, is that, do you think that in some way that, that hints at some sort of, like, predetermination? I don't know. I, I like, honestly always, have no idea. Was that always destined to happen? So right, that, like. That was like you, one, sorry, go ahead. I would say, like, they actually couldn't have changed the past, even if they had wanted to, kind of thing. Like, it would just... I think It would just like, uh, avoid well, paradoxes. Well, so, that's, so that's actually a good distinction that I, like, feel like if I, I would like to... So, I feel like a lot of times in, in time travel stories, you know, whether that be, you know, timeless, whether that be Doctor Who, any sort of, like, popular culture time travel, there's always... Not always, but there's often the sense of... Not like predetermination, like events are always going to unfold a specific way, but there's oftentimes this idea of like a predestined end or Mm -hmm. result and that like oftentimes people will try and change something, but the same thing, like somebody will always die in the end. It just depends how they die or when they die. It's like a different way. Do you know what I mean? Like that that's a storyline that happens often. So there's this sense of like that event is predetermined, but like, so are you saying that, or are you saying that literally nothing changed because the whole course was set to play out exactly like that? I mean, it seems like it could, you could argue that that nothing could like, if they had tried to change something that somehow it wouldn't have changed because it was already, it's already been written track. in stone kind of thing. Right. Yeah, so um, that was that it kind of And my, I would just uh, just be, in the movie in the movie it was even more so because like you see them doing thing like stuff happens the first time through where like you know Hermione like throws a rock that like makes somebody notice mm-hmm. that somebody's coming or whatever and like they put all that stuff in the first time through. Yeah. So it's, 
so when they do it the second time, it's like, oh, that's what that they were doing the first time, like as if nothing nothing had changed at all. Right. So, and, yeah. and part of me is like, is that is that actually speaking? And I think I think that there's also like as a viewer, there's the are they actually speaking to what they think about how time travel is and time travel works? Or are they just trying to give you like an Easter egg or some sort of like, right. oh my God, I didn't notice there was that noise in that scene. Like, Probably like, that. Because in the, in the movie, <laughs> Hermione throws the rock through the window and it hits the thing and that's how they find Scabbers, right? Right. Um, right. Which isn't in the yeah. book. But it, but then also Harry, the first time seeing, so I guess, I guess it does all come down to Harry the first time seeing what he thinks is his dad. Right. Like that happened. Yeah. In in the present when they're going through. Right. So it does seem like it was predetermined because Right. Although so that's yeah. That's my whole I guess calling it chicken or the egg is not right. the right term. But like that was kind of my argument or my thing also because in the movie and the book Dumbledore um stalls is is stalling. Um, before he goes into <laughs> Hagrid's hut or after they come out. In the movie, it's after they come out. Yeah, in, in the book, it's like, like they're he, before they go outside. They're all talking. Yeah, like, so you have to, they, everybody has to sign this agreement that we're going to watch someone die. Like, that's like what he's telling with, yeah. Yeah, in the book, in the movie also, he's like, well, I think I should, uh, I should, like, sign too. And then he shows them, like, the strawberries that they planted and that kind of just seems like i mean granted this dumbledore he probably can like hop through time with no time turner or he probably has his magic like personal 20 hour time turner right or he was um, always planning for them to go back in time to save buckbeak like he that was always something he was like this sucks that this has to happen i got an idea yeah but like but still but then theoretically at the same time he would have to have seen know that die. No, no, no. I was going to say he would have to know that the rest of the things, like, even if he didn't want Buckbeak to die. Right. Um, That's true. He would have had to know that the rest of the e- events would happen like they unfolded for Sirius to be captured and put into that tower. That's true. And to, for him to be like, oh, I'm going to have to stall these people so Harry and Hermione can sneak Buckbeak out. Like, like which happened first? Like, in my head for like a linear time time travel story to work the story should have happened first like buckbeak should have died mm-hmm. sirius should have gotten the maybe dementor's kisser before that happened but either way buckbeak well, should have died right. and then uh before sirius got the dementor's kiss dumbledore told them to go back in time and then uh like rescue buckbeak and then rescue sirius like it, it shouldn't happen that like, one original story has to happen before they interrupt time. Does right. that make that's, sense? And that, I guess that's, yes, and that's, like, I think that's back to the point, like, where I was saying to Michael, like, I agree that in a lot of ways, like, not not that I agree or, or believe in fate, but I the, the idea of fate as a storytelling device, like, the same thing is always going to happen in the end, is a powerful one, just because it, it I think it, 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 it tries to, like, undermine the idea that that time travel and being able to manipulate time and space makes you godly it's like nope you're not because this shit is always going to meant to happen and like that's not something you can change so i think that that as a plot device or as like a character development device is really interesting um but i i agree like the thing with the paradox like i was saying um before uh that harry 
summons a Patronus because he sees himself do it. I think that you can't, like, events can't be both the cause and the effect. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I think that, that obviously, whatever, everything that happened up to that point led you to time travel back, which means that if it was always destined to play out a certain way, I don't think it would, I don't I can't imagine that it would force you to, to travel back and change things. Like you wouldn't be affected in the present enough to go back in the past and change that. I don't know that you don't, if that makes sense either, but. Well, I mean, we never really found out wh- whether or not Buckbeak died the first time around. Right. Right. Like right. we heard the swish and the thud. He could have, might have, like he could have died. Right. And then they travel back in time. But the whole, like, Dumbledore being like, I'm kind of going to stall, blah, blah. I, I think know. I think that's just like a, like, that's almost like, to me, that is like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that Dumbledore is sort of, like, omnipotent in a weird, sort of otherworldly, godly way. Is he god? He is might Dumbledore be. Dumbledore god? Um, I don't think Buckbeak ever died. But. Like, I, I think that's how. But, it, I think I think seeing Harry... The first time through Castle of Patronus, I think means but then, that but then you're saying, but then all you're the saying, stuff. But, then, yeah, but the thing the, is, like, then you're saying that they were always there. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, stuff, ha- things have to happen. In my head, things have to happen a certain way. If like, if like, time, if time really is linear, then things have to happen. In my head, anyway, things have to happen a certain way uh, at first before you can go back in time to change it. Like you can't if you if if you like if Buckbeak didn't get uh, executed and Harry was there to cast the Patronus from the very beginning, then like like that doesn't make it sense makes your brain my, hurt. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. No, in my, yeah, in my head because then well, that's time travel. Then they yeah. didn't go back in time. Then that that always happened. But well, that's what, that's and that's why I I agree with you more, Bajaya. Like. I, I think okay. if time is linear, then something has to ha- already happen. Right, there has to be, can, like, yeah. to me, like, yeah, exactly. To me, there has to be some sort of trigger because, I don't know, I don't know. I, I just feel like that, like, something has to be a trigger that you have to go back and change it. But, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not saying that that's how my, my theory about how time travel works. I'm just you saying just that's in what this I... this particular instance. That in this book, yeah. I think that's what happens. And I think it happens because in a lot of ways... Like, it's crazy, like, how, what comes first or whatever and all that stuff. But in a lot of other ways, it's very tidy. Right. It's very well, neat and tidy, you know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, that that obviously, like, the, the rule, like you said, the rule of the time turner is that you can only do trivial things. And Hermione was only using it to do classes. But she wouldn't let Harry do something like pick up an invisibility cloak off the ground. But she's allowed to exist in a class for an hour. Like... What if she broke a pencil and that pencil was going to be picked up by Ernie McMillan, but Ernie McMillan doesn't get to pick up this pencil. So instead he asks to borrow a pen, uh, like a quill from the girl next to him. And then they end up dating because they fall in love. Like, like what if, what if her, (laughs) no, but I'm just saying like, what if, what if her actions in that class, like as, as isolated and tiny as it is, like, what if a small action from that class ripples like it's the whole chaos theory it's like you know like a ripple effect like a small a small difference now will get bigger and bigger and bigger in the future which is you know like obviously people talk about butterfly effect all the time but like at the same time like that's kind of what jk rowling is saying is that like you only do it for trivial things because big things make a big difference but like small things 
make a big difference in the future. Like, even if it's years and years in the future. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy that they trusted mm-hmm. her with that. All right. Or anybody with <sighs> this, is, this is making my brain hurt. Is it, it melting your hurt. mind? Guys, there's yeah. probably a universe right now where... where we have figured it uh, out. Where Michael is the smart one. And I'm the Hufflepuff, and you're the Hufflepuff, and I'm the I'm the the sassy Ravenclaw who loves dogs. But you still love dogs. I do love dogs, but I don't have two dogs. Maybe I have two dogs in this parallel universe. What (gasps) if? Oh no, I don't like this parallel universe where I don't have dogs. Mm. It's a sad one. (laughs) I sad. I can't believe this is a this uh, segment happened where I'm actually. Not jokingly agreeing with Sarah about time travel. <laughs> well, I just think, and I she think, is not jokingly agreeing with me on no, time I'm travel. I'm being 100 serious. It's just that serious hat. Um, <laughs> every time it's not funny anymore, but every time I got to do that. Um, no, and I just I think that that the actual reality of whatever time is because we have no idea what time actually is, and we have very little concept of what our universe is, and that's you know, mysterious and wonderful. Um, but I think for the purposes of, of storytelling and character development, definitely time should be linear in a lot of ways because, you know, otherwise, what, I mean, how, what, what do you invest in that story, you know? That's true, but I think, so I think the whole point of this story is also that uh, it's good that we learned, or we learned, we uh, read the time turner thing first because J.K. Rowling does admit that she took time traveling too lightheartedly. So I think that shows mm-hmm. in the fact that he put, maybe if she had taken it right. as seriously as her readers did, then maybe mm-hmm. she wouldn't right. have put uh, Dumbledore being uh, like stalling or Harry seeing himself cast the Patronus. Maybe he would like make them like pass out and then wake up later or something. Like, I don't know. Well, two quick things to add to that is, one, I realized that, that it was probably like a cavalier use of time, but I I like that is one of my favorite aspects of the book is is the time turner and going back at the end. And I thought that especially as a as a kid, like I thought even now, and I'm not like not being sarcastic. I th- I think it's really fascinating, really cool. I love the idea that that they're acting in tandem. And like Michael said, like maybe nothing changed because they were supposed to be doing that. And I really like that. And I think it's a wonderful part of the story. So I wouldn't change that. Um, but two, I really disagree with the idea that somebody who traveled back to the 14th century and came back to our time would age 500 years because time is just a social construct. It is 100%. Obviously, our, obviously, <laughs> here we go again. Obviously, God our cells, it. obviously our cells like oxidize and we decay. And that is what happens to the human body. We haven't figured out a way to stop that yet, which is why we age and we get old and we die. But if you are truly traveling through time, you have not experienced every single moment of that oxidation, likely, unless you're but, exposed to some sort of strange radiation but, in the time-space continuum that has been ripped open. But I don't think that you experience magic. time the same way. But this is magic. I think I'm it's gonna magic, murder Sarah. you both. I'm gonna murder you both. I'm gonna time. I'm gonna and send you is, back. I'm gonna send you back is, to the 1300s and then bring you back to now so I can the, watch you deteriorate and this is in front of in my the face. Harry Potter universe and not our universe. So it's magic and and she died. Sarah, have some respect for the dead god. I'm gonna send. I'm sending you back to 1302. Bringing you back here, watching you deteriorate in front of my. Oh my eyes. god, that is so cruel. Yeah, that's pretty mean. Uh, I on love that you guys. note, bye, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs>
Bye. <laughs> I gotta go back. Gotta go back. Gotta go back. Thank you for joining us for You're a Wizardary. Want to help out? Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. Want to get in touch? Email us at potterpod at geeklyinc.com or follow us on Twitter at potterpod or geeklyinc. And individually, you can find me at thriftynerd. I'm Bajaya Shrestha, and you can find me on Twitter at ethnicninja. I am Sarah Tompkins, and you should hit me up at herladytompkins. Editing help this week by Alan Matthews. Our podcast art is created by Jesse Carlton. You can find more of his work at J exclamation point on Instagram. And our music is created by Sean Fagan. Find more of his music at soundcloud.com slash sleepyfish.